0: hey folks i'm so happy to see you today we will be dismantling the romanticism of amish and plain folks in tv shows movies books and media so grab your hats and bonnets hold your bucky seats make sure your horses are well watered make sure you have plenty of water to drink and don't be surprised if you feel the need to have a brandy old-fashioned after this it's time to giddy up and go let's start this show Folks. I'm so happy to be here tonight I'm here with um, James who is ex-Amish and Anna Mae who is ex-Amish and Ruth who is also ex-Amish Mennonite unfortunately we will not be joined by Jasper as she had something come up I hope she has a wonderful evening but I'm really really excited because we get to finally spill the tea on Springer <laughs> so what I'd like to do is I'd like to ask each of you to introduce a little bit of yourself, introduce yourself and give a little bit of background about your Amish experience. You want to go ahead, James?
1: Yeah, okay. So my name is James Swartz. I am ex-Amish from Michigan, currently living in Detroit. I am Mary's co-host of the podcast, Plain Rainbows, LGBTQ, Amish, and Anabaptist stories. And um, I guess, Mary, you said the, the, one of the first questions that you had for each of us was, um, what comes to mind when you say Rumspringa? Yes. So by way of introduction, I'm going to say techno music. What?
0: why does techno music come to mind
1: techno music comes to mind because that's what all the amish the the the, the amish buggies were blasting going down the road to the parties <laughs> going by my house every other saturday night so oh my goodness <laughs> if you, if you don't know if you don't know a song called sandstorm by darude it's sort of like a club classic a techno classic that's a song I specifically associate with Rumspringa because that's what they would play going down the road. Yeah.
0: Oh my goodness. So,
1: so- my my community is not like other people's Amish community, but in my community there there the, we'll get into that, but the, there was a lot of partying going on for sure.
0: Right. There is yeah. a lot of partying. Yeah. You want to go next, Anime?
2: Oh, hey. Um, my name is Anime, and I come from the Old Order Amish community. And uh, Romspringe to me is—can uh, you ask? Can you ask that question once again, Mary?
0: What comes to mind when I say Romspringe?
2: Yeah. What comes to mind for me is because uh, I went through Romspringe when I was sixteen. That's when it started in the community I was living in at the time, um, is partying and finding a a spouse.
0: (laughs) Oh, so you had to find a good
2: husband?
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, then what about you, Ruth? Uh,
3: My name is Ruth Lane. I was raised in the Amish Mennonite Church, also called Fellowship Churches and then transitioned into the beachy Amish when I was around 16. Um, And when I think of Rumspringa, our church growing up, um, we were not allowed to get wild at all. Everything for the youth group was strictly observed and watched over and you couldn't be outside with one of your friends too long before someone would come looking for you so for me, Rumspringer was always just like, oh, well, this is where the Amish churches failed because we're obviously doing better because we're not doing drugs. at are youth singings.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. So there's like this thing. I know,
1: is- like Mennonites oh and Mennonites always throw shade at Amish, right? There's
0: so much shade that Amish <laughs> communities throw at each other. It's not just the Amish and the Mennonites. It's like the different communities and denominations. And they're like, oh, no, season's so built. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all were on your pedestal of we're better than you. Yes. How
3: did that feel? Um, It was an odd feeling for a teenager of, you know, and there was just never an outlet for anything. A teenager who was just, every activity was strictly watched and observed. And you were jealous of, you know, these kids who lived in more conservative churches than you for getting to do things, but also looking at that and going, that doesn't seem healthy at all. So it was a very strange kind of observation place to be.
0: Yeah, that seems like it would be really interesting to navigate as a teenager. And you probably didn't have like the skills to navigate that and process it in a way that felt safe and comfortable to you. I'm just guessing please yeah. correct me if you did, but like, that's, that seems like it, it could be really, um, crazy to try to navigate that as an yeah. team. Thank you guys so much for sharing what you think of R- when I say Springer, because let me share what I think of when I, when somebody says Springer, I'm just like, oh my god, look, Springer does not mean what you think it means. Please, please, um, uh, Because the word rumspringa actually means running around. And in many Amish communities, one of the things that is very big is they don't actually have rumspringa, believe it or not. Rather, when youth turn like 16, 17 or whatever predetermined age that the community has, like Anime was talking about 16, um, that's when you would then be allowed to which translates to going with the young folks. There's nothing about running around. But also, <clears throat> during that time period, the purpose of Rumspring in my experience was very much that I'm supposed to get baptized into the church. I'm supposed to find a husband. Mm. Does it mean that I did not drink? Oh, I sure did drink. Yeah, I actually got in church, in trouble with the church because of drinking. So there's that. I've never said I'm a good Amish girl. I'm just letting <laughs> y'all know that. Um, but that's it's it's interesting to me what each of you thinks about. And when James starts talking about the techno music, like we weren't allowed to listen to techno music, so we always had the country music going. <laughs> Old country music,
2: same for me. It was a really old country music because at the time, these were the tapes we had.
0: <laughs> oh, you had tape players? Too? Yep,
2: <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> I had
0: a battery operated tape player, I didn't get caught with it. But you know, if I had the trouble I would have been in, would you guys have gotten in trouble?
2: Oh my, huh. Oh. <laughs>
1: I got, I got in trouble several times because uh, my friends that I went to school with that weren't Amish would give me tape players, and I would have, like, my Madonna tapes.
0: James, didn't you know that Madonna is, like, Jezebel?
1: I listened frequently.
0: You listened frequently? Yeah. So...
1: But when it came to the parties, it was all country music. Like, when mm-hmm. when you go to the quote-unquote room of parties, it was pretty much all country music. Um, and then, I guess, they would switch it up here and there, like, towards the end of the night. They might put on some dance music or some club music. Um, but But it was, I mean, like, 95% country music.
2: That is so true. I forgot about that. Towards the end of the night, they kind of switched it up to more... Wow! Yeah, dance music.
0: <laughs>
1: Let's yeah. See. I must have been at that when... point everybody's at the the you know you're you're past the point of no return. So
0: yes. <laughs> you have nothing to lose.
2: Oh my goodness, I forgot about that. <laughs>
0: ah. See, I didn't go to like Amish parties. I went to the English neighbor kids parties. By the way, <laughs> so I'm just I'm just letting you think about that for a minute. But anyways. <laughs> let's let's like really quickly talk a little bit about um, what do the Amish think of the English world? Like, I know that in the communities that I lived in, um, the perception of the English world is that it was filled with sex, drugs, rock and roll and sin. Like, that was pretty much it. Is that anything that any of you can relate to or was it different?
3: For sure. Um, We were just taught that so many things like listening to music with drums would cause you to sin in a certain way before you even knew it. Um, You know, and it was always just assumed that English people were just these extravagant people who lived such crazy lives where they listened to music and drank alcohol and sinned every day just by their normal existence. So, it was definitely I held it in some strange awe of like some other universe.
0: What about you, anime?
2: It was uh I relate to, to what you said earlier about um I don't know, it was just so unknown and taught that I'm trying I've been trying to think. Like was I taught that it was sinful out there, and I think I was i think I think that's what it was that there was just so much sin out there
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so much sin, yeah, what about you, James?
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah you I mean that's what the, that's what's used as a weapon to to control you is you know if you end up like that person or look at look at those people, look what they're doing. Um, you know, um, it's used as an example, any, any story out of your local newspaper is used as an example of how evil and sinful the outside world is and look how horrible it is and what happens when you leave. And yeah, I, I think that's kind of a, um, a common experience across all Amish communities. Um. Is yeah, you're you're kind of taught that the outside world is very sinful and wicked and evil, um, and you know they're not completely all wrong. However, there's more to it than that. So
0: yeah, well, there's just a, a it's it's like this overwhelming fear of like, for example, like what if you didn't join the church when you were supposed to? Like what 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 would have happened to you in your community if you didn't join the church? Because everybody usually had, like, seen, like, one person that didn't join the church when they were supposed to.
1: The The pressure for me to join church was enormous, like, starting when I was, like, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. I mean, like, you know, like, it would be like these daily conversations about joining the church and I just wasn't interested and you know, so my father decided to try and just, you know, wait it out, which was a huge mistake on his part because I won. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. So you never joined uh, church, James, right?
1: No, I'm not joining church. I don't think so. <laughs>
0: I'm just saying you didn't join church like a good Amish boy, I
1: did, did not church, I did, did not
0: did your bishop have were there repercussions for that?
1: uh yeah, they took it out on my dad, they couldn't take it out on me because I didn't associate with anyone, so they took it out on <laughs> my dad in church it crazy. was um my my father passed away in two thousand nine,
0: yeah,
1: um. 2010, sorry, January 2010. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, he, he had cancer and he was on his deathbed for several, for several weeks. And therefore, he was unable to attend church. So, you know, he was considered being placed in the ban because he wasn't attending church. Because he was on his deathbed. He was too yeah. sick to go to church. And the bishop didn't like that. See, my dad came from Bern, Indiana, and he moved to Michigan. And I think our Michigan church was a lot more liberal than a lot of other Amish communities, especially in Indiana. But then about I don't know, you know, maybe ten years before and it was after I had already you know, when I chose not to join the church, um, obviously my dad kept attending. And then at some point after that, another Amish bishop came from Indiana to um, take over the church, and he thought that it was too liberal, and therefore, he was cracking the whip on members.
0: That's really, like, atrocious and awful, and apparently our viewers also think it's atrocious and awful, and I'm so sorry that happened, James. That is, like oh my God, like who, what kind of group of people thinks it's okay to do that to people? Thank you for sharing your truth with us, James. It's twisted. Yes, it is twisted. It is insanity. These are the things that happen sometimes in some places is that sometimes when When people decide not to follow the norm of what you're supposed to do as an Amish person, really, they do terrible things to your family as well. And I don't think that's right. Again, thank you, James, for sharing. That's like just crazy. So did Mm -hmm. the rest of you join church?
3: I joined church twice because the first time I did um, was in the Fellowship Church, and then, and I was pretty young. I was one of the youngest ones ever baptized. But um, I went through instruction class and got baptized, and you know the whole water spills off your covering and into your lap, and you're anxious about it for six weeks beforehand. And, um, but then when I was um, a little older I also joined church in the beachy Amish church but they wouldn't let me just join I had to go through their instruction class all over again because theirs was better <laughs> so I did so twice. Prejudice, so fun <laughs> the
0: prejudice so when I tell people about joining church because I joined church as well Um, what I generally tell them is that we had special instruction class. And one of the things I distinctly remember is a special instruction class where we were instructed for an hour on when we get baptized, we are not allowed to go tell church business to outsiders. Did you have that? I mean, you had it twice.
3: Yeah, there was that. There was just the hours on you know, this is our policy on this because of this weird reason or, you know, we'll allow you to wear a sweater, but you can't wear anything that looks like a blouse over your dress or you'll get in trouble. And
0: Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> that word, no, the church rules. That's another one. <laughs> and then, like, the other question that I have is, did they... Did they make you like promise like you had to promise, yes, that you would never tell church business twice, like once in that special brainwashing session and then once when you were baptized that you would never tell church business to outsiders?
3: Like a members meeting was like the holy grail of meetings like you can't breathe a word to anyone who's not a member if someone's on proving or an instruction class don't tell them either
0: yeah <laughs> and now Anna Mae, were you baptized yes and
2: i was yeah. i was i've been i've been trying to think throughout this uh conversation if i know anybody that didn't get baptized and i don't think i do um Everybody got baptized, and in our the church that I was in um, was was different. And I don't know if that bec- it was because I came from a different. I'm not sure, but I know the neighboring churches. Um, like I, we got bat, you got baptized when you, especially the girls would get baptized when they were 16. Wow. And um, our. Our church did double. What I, I don't really know how else to say it, but they did like double, instru- like double instruction. Where so it took six months of just the what you were talking about earlier about oh, what is that called? Instructions, like where you learn the rules mean, and
0: mean, okay? yeah, <laughs> it's called following the church. Yes, that's, that's what they called it. They called it following the church, otherwise yeah. known as the gmin-oki. So you so, had six months of that
2: right and uh i i know like uh, some of the neighboring churches would have one year of that so um but i know that my my community was a lot of times women the the girls were 16 and i'm trying to think i don't i don't know a lot of times they just did it by like you were just expected to by with the grade that you were in in school would do it like as a group almost um does that make sense yeah. Like, yeah, so if you were in, like, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, because like, if you were like this age before, like, the time for instruction yeah. like started or the started following the church started, then you were expected to like join the church with the rest of your group. And mm-hmm. if you didn't, then that would result, like, I watched somebody not join the church when they were supposed to oh my goodness, like what James describes and just so much like there's, it's insane. Um, So it's very much a situation where I feel like when we talk about this, it's important to talk about like all the little nuances. So like we would have like singings on Sunday evening. Mm-hmm. Isn't it the right time for singing in some part of the country? Like, did all of you have singings?
2: Um, the, the church I was in, they t- kept trying to make that happen. But um, there was, but a lot of times we would go to neighboring churches. Our church was kind of sm- big and then it got small because people were moving around. And uh, mm-hmm. we were kind of, um, we kind of didn't. I'm not sure what other other words to use besides we weren't really allowed to interact with the neighboring churches as much but we still did in secret and they would have singings and we would go visit so
0: <laughs> was it a situation where they didn't they didn't associate so what enemy is talking about is that many amish churches like I guarantee my old order Amish churches did not associate with either Annamie's James or Ruth's churches, mm-hmm. because they have this whole thing of like they they throw so much shade at each other. But when they don't associate with each other, what they do is. For example, they discourage interactions with those other communities. They discourage intermarrying. And if somebody were to marry somebody from one of those communities, then the visiting people, if they don't associate with that community, like even if somebody was an ordained minister or preacher, they wouldn't allow that minister or preacher to like participate as their ordained duty because they don't associate with each other. Is that about is that about right for all of you?
3: I think that's a pretty fair sum up of how that all works and why there's not more communication between different sects of you know Amish and Amish Mennonite folks.
0: Yeah. You got any thoughts, Mae?
3: <laughs>
0: okay, I'm thinking so, this- so we have a comment from one of our listeners. That says that is a very black and white way to paint the world. We English people are normal people. We may have some crazy music, but we work normal (laughs) jobs and have responsibilities too. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Because if we see the world as being sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and then we go out and we party, and people think that Rumspringer is to go out and experience the world and live English. Are we really living English when all we're doing is party?
2: (laughs) With our other Amish friends and, you know, grade. Yeah, I never really left the group. I never, I was always with my other Amish friends like in the same, the community.
1: So yeah, so leave- like I, I said before we started, I said I'm still rumspringa. I never stopped rumspringa.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, did you did you live at home? Did you like w-
2: You mean during during rumspringa? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. You just went um since I was the oldest child, I was a girl, so I would have the neighbor that had a, that was Had a boy that was older than me, would come pick me up with his sister, and then, um, of course, on Saturday evenings. And then we would go out and hang out with other Amish uh, kids of 16 or older until they were before marriage. And we would uh, hang out. We were supposed to, you know, go to singings and stuff like that and play games, but it was a lot of partying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Yes. That sounds about right.
3: <laughs>
0: um, I think it's important to talk about that because was that really living English enemy?
2: No, nope, I was still dressed Amish and only with my other Amish friends.
1: And so, so this ties into what we were talking about earlier, Mary, was drug use among Amish youth, and oh my we were God. talking about that. The documentary Devil's Playground, which is on YouTube, um, if anyone has not seen it, um, which and it it was that that documentary was filmed maybe like 25 miles from where I grew up. And I actually know some of the people in the documentary and it details (laughs) um, their, you know, individual journeys. But uh, drugs are a part of that because in Indiana, a lot of the Amish uh, men or you know, uh, teenagers make their money in trailer factories, which is, like, really good money. And then, so they have a lot of money and a lot of free time, which leads to um, sex, drugs, and country music.
0: Lots of country music and lots of drugs. And they mix it with alcohol, too. Don't forget that part. And I actually knew some Amish people that had, like, big marijuana plants on the side of their barn, just so y'all know. Just, just so y'all know, they had to find some peace somewhere somehow. I don't know. I don't know what they were making, but yeah. Um, didn't, didn't you say, enemy, that like alcohol was also a problem, alcoholism?
2: Yes, uh, especially in a certain part of my family. Um, they came from this community that had a lot of, um, a lot of alcoholism. Um, But even, even in the, a lot of it was the married men, um, even like the married men would just drink, drink quite a bit of alcohol.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, sometimes, I don't know, like we always had like a bottle of alcohol in the house at all times pretty much, supposedly it was for medicinal uses, just so you all know, like that was the thing but then it's like when you're sitting there and putting alcohol inside of your baby's mouth because yeah. they're teething, like, what mm. are you, what are you doing to your babies? I'd really like to know that. And then when they grow up, like, so yeah, let's just say I can verify that there is an alcoholism problem. And that, mm. yeah,
2: I was, I'm not sure I believe in luck, but I feel like maybe I was lucky to get the the parents that I did have because they didn't they didn't uh a lot of my immediate not not immediate family a lot of my family uncles and stuff a few of them would drink drink a lot and great uncles and cousins would just I don't know they're just alcoholics
0: all the time Mm -hmm. So then here's one of our listeners talking about we had Amish young men running drugs, doing drugs because of local motorcycle gangs. Do you know anything about that, James?
1: Why would you ask me that question, Mary?
0: I don't know. I have no idea why I would ask you that question.
1: So the... The Amish young folks would get their, or I guess continue to get their, um, procure their, um, substances, their various substances, uh, for, for, I mean, you know, there are several things that we could talk about, especially alcohol, because yes, um, you know, I have family members that have struggled with alcoholism. I know a lot of Amish people that have, um, suffered with alcoholism and it's a thing in the Amish it's a thing like i have a friend that used to uh you know drop off a bottle of whiskey to his Amish friend once a week and like they had an arrangement because he couldn't go he couldn't be seen at the store buying alcohol so he would have his friend right and i and i think yeah so so there's that but like in ter- in terms of like dr- drug use like i don't i don't really think I don't know. I, don't, I I think the main thing, especially where I grew up, was meth, um, and that was part of the larger community there. But um, yeah, so um, Indiana rum springer parties are kind of crazy.
2: I've been yeah. to several of those. <laughs> oh my goodness, I forgot about all that.
0: Crazy how how. <laughs> I mean, we uh, do also have this uh, from one of our listeners as well. Sorry. They want it to sound scary and awful so you don't leave their cult. The more money, more they can make you fear the world, the more control they have over you. That's true. But anyways, do tell about your crazy parties in Indiana. I'm ready to hear this. Because I had somebody <laughs> tell me that Indiana youth, they get to go um, live English on their Rumspring. So I want to hear about this.
1: Oh, my God, Mary. Oh, my gosh. I got so... Fucked up at those parties. I'm not even gonna lie. I got so fucked up. like, and you know what? I was. I remember dancing with the girls. Um, and I remember totally rocking a buggy with this hot dude. Like I said, some Amish guys are, um, n- not unattractive. So I mean, there's that. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was like, you know, I had, I had the best time ever. But you know, I only went to a couple of those parties because. Um, I wanted to go to gay clubs, and, you know, so, yeah, I, I ended up doing that more than going to Amish parties when I was younger, and so, and that was when I was still at home at the farm, so, yeah, I would be, like, running around a gay club until 3 o'clock in the morning in Kalamazoo or something, and then driving driving home, or, or going to a friend's house if I couldn't drive, Um, but, I mean, yeah, my life was complete, and the drag queens would, like, make jokes about it on stage, like, you know, gay Amish jokes, and this was, like, you know, in the 90s, like, you know, some years ago. Uh, and so, um, you know, the Amish like to pretend that there are no, they, they, they don't have this this quote-unquote problem of gay people. You know what? You're a joke among the drag queens, so just stop. Stop.
0: Just- <laughs> Just just hope your horse remembers the way home.
1: Oh yeah, that, so that was another thing was like the horse, like every, like the guys would get so drunk that, that they would just like fall into their buggies and the horse would know the way home.
0: And then sometimes the horse would run over a stop sign and knock it over and then they'd have to fix that stop sign and pay for a new one.
2: Or you'd end up in a ditch with your bro- your buggy half broke. <laughs> 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 it's happened.
0: It's just the way it goes, man. This wild <laughs> Amish youth. And you know, did you ever, all ever do donuts at those parties in your buggies?
3: Maybe not donuts. We had cars, though.
0: <laughs> but you didn't do donuts?
3: Um, I got in trouble for drag racing at seventeen. <laughs> Oops. What
2: did
0: you, do, Ruth? Drag racing? There's drag racing.
1: Well, is that like? Is that like? Is that like RuPaul's drag race?
3: God, I wish. <laughs> that would have sped a whole lot of trauma up and just skipped a whole bunch. <laughs> no, it was just. Me and a couple of other 16, 17-year-olds who, with way too much energy to burn in between supervised events, decided to see who could get down a stretch of road the fastest. That got back to a lot of people we did not want it to.
0: Oh, so everybody was keeping track of you. Oh, yeah. That Ruth, she was wild. (laughs) She took lessons. Yeah.
1: Oh. I heard she was dancing a techno music.
0: I mean, at least she didn't do a keg stand in her Amish dress. So there's that. That is true.
3: (laughs) I did not, was not a victim of that.
0: I have no comment. I know it's oddly specific, but I have no comment. I do have to tell you guys, like, look, like this is why I got in trouble with the church for partying with the English people. Is because so there I am, drinking, drugging, you know, partying. All the things. All I could think of is like Hank Williams Jr.'s song, like drinking, drugging. I'm <laughs> out of control, right? <laughs> Anime knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I'm at this party and some English kid, like I did a cake stand in my almost dress. Don't worry, they held the dress up around my legs. You couldn't see anything. Anyway, some English kid took pictures, and his mom freaking took those pictures to my deacon.
3: He oh, can't be
0: can as he failed. I've gotten Me and you do, though, yeah. how to spread a best of sort dress. or she ain't be still here. I
2: know. <laughs>
0: That's where I was. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh,
3: I was
0: in so much trouble. They came to talk to me three times over that. Okay. Mary, stories about me. Um, if,
2: if you feel comfortable sharing, uh, I, I'm sorry that I can't remember. Were you, because we were talking about if we were a member of the church or if we got baptized? I can't remember. Did you get baptized?
0: Oh yes, I was baptized. It was easier to get baptized than it was to deal with the, the the, <laughs> the, the, the stuff like this, yeah, like that, like the the scary awfulness and the crazy of what I saw happening to the people that didn't get baptized when yeah. it was high. But yeah, I still partied after that a little bit, and that's when I got in trouble. And then I was on my knees in front of the church. <laughs> and don't worry, when they took the road, which for those of you who don't know, it's the uh, pretentious going around asking people if they agree with this ch- action of the church, that if you disagree, you're probably more likely to be on your knees next. So there's that. <laughs> and anyways, it's, it's literally a fictitious vote, by the way. So... They, they, they did their due diligence, and they added more sins to it, just like a you know proper wild Amish girl. <laughs> I did it right.
2: The, we did. Um, I I noticed you said something. We um, so after I got baptized, I still went and went with the only which is Rumspringer, I think, yeah. to most. Um, but in some of the neighboring churches and some of the I think it was Indiana or uh maybe LaGrange or Goshen. I can't, I can't remember. Maybe more, maybe all of them. I don't know. But once they got baptized, they, um they, well, in my church, we would have said, act as if they were married because once we got married, then all that activity stopped. <laughs> I don't, does that make sense?
0: <laughs> you just get better at, you just can't get caught in yeah. like bad appearances. Remember that? Yeah. What would people think? So it's all about That's it End of, end of the day uh, Did any of you live in communities Where the boys would go down to the laundromat And, and wash their English clothes uh, I'm sorry Wait, hold up there's, there's Amish boy in their underwear In a public place <laughs> Did the bishop find out? That's what I want to know.
1: I used to have my drag in a bag to go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) James!
1: But there was was one, one night when I was just, like, too lazy to, like, undrag myself, right? And so I just drove home in full drag. And I stopped at a gas station to get something, I don't know, coffee. And there was an Amish person in the gas station. And he was looking at me so hard that he walked directly into a rack of sunglasses and knocked them everywhere. And I just looked at him and walked out. How did you
0: keep from falling out laughing at him? How how did you keep a straight face?
1: Yeah, I laughed afterwards. I was in the moment.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay, that's that's fair. So somebody says that the Lancaster Chester Amish got involved with the Pagans. Well, I'm not from Lancaster, so I can't tell you about them getting involved with the Pagans. But I can tell you that many Amish are superstitious as fudge. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, do you guys want to talk about um hexing and broha? <laughs>
0: my grandmother practiced broha.
1: Really?
0: Her and my egg donor did not get along for that reason alone. They did not agree on that. But yeah, what about hexing, James?
1: Well, not hexing so much, but broha, um, which is like a form of Amish faith healing. I guess that's how you would translate that. Um, mm-hmm. It it comes it comes from Europe. It comes from the Amish in the 1600s that that's where it started and they brought that with them over here and it's it's um yeah it's a form of faith healing um i have a disability with my right hand and arm and uh so when i was younger my parents took me to pennsylvania and i remember going through the ceremony
0: and did it heal your arm it did not Darn! I thought we were gonna have a miracle. Hmm. Not so uh, terrible. Why you gotta let me down like that, James?
1: So what I remember of oh the God. of the experience was um, the guy hypnotizing me, and he was an Amish, by the way. Because I remember he had he was an older guy with white shoulder length hair. I think he was like Rosicrucian or something. Hmm. but he put eggs on 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 this coal fire and was like reciting bible verses
0: how do you even begin to like navigate that like that's like Casting out yeah, and you know my like, you know spirits are saying you're possessed with something, and that's why you were born with a disability.
1: Yeah, I mean, my parents paid for this, you know, and I should say that, you know, and this is a slightly different subject, but you know, um, <clears throat> the New York Times broke the story this week of the investigation of the Amish and Mennonite home um, and human trafficking. Yeah. After I came out as after I came out as gay, several Amish people wrote my dad letters, right, and told him about these homes. So this was going on in like the '90s. You know, I mean, this is not a new thing. But them suggesting that he send me there, and obviously my dad didn't do so because, yeah, um, that would have taken control away from him. <laughs> no, oh, I, but I mean, didn't it allowed you
0: to uh, dodge a bullet.
1: I, absolutely. But so yeah, um the homes do exist and um they're probably worse than people think they are. But um what were your guys' thoughts on that?
0: Um so the the facilities that exist, like my question is is like why did they oh oh let's go back to this real quick like undergoing an exorcism to cast a demon out of autism oh that makes me so mad same that makes me so mad i'm so sorry that's terrible so apparently it wasn't just for being born with a birth defect james it was also for autistic people which is terrible yeah yeah does that keep out the her? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stefan. <snap it. laughs> oh, my. Anyways, let's go back to the facilities now. So, the facilities, Liberty Ridge was sued. Part of what people don't know about those facilities is that a lot of times, like, for example, I know somebody who was like, I want to leave the church. And this person was in their Rumpspringe and the community sent them to one of those facilities and one of the concerns that was like really really terrible is that the facility wouldn't release the person until that person promised to not leave the church it's very manipulative and coercive And another concern that I have about the facilities is that if you're taking people who are ordained as ministers and bishops and deacons inside of the community and putting them in position of being counselors at these facilities, let me tell you what kind of education they have. First off, they have an eighth grade education usually. In most plain communities, they stop education after eighth grade. Their curriculum is very limited. Their curriculum is controlled by the church. If there's stuff in their own books that were published by like Pathway Publishers, that's one of the the main Amish publishers, uh, they will literally staple together the pages, they will black out the pages and they will cut out the pages. Everything in that school, in that education that that minister or whoever has received is literally controlled by the church and they have never got any formal education on how to be a counselor on how to appropriately navigate um, kids who are struggling with life and how to assist them they have never gotten anything beyond that eighth grade education it's a very limited education and that is my biggest concern about the majority of these facilities is one, they're unlicensed. Two, they're unqualified counselors.
3: And uh, for my part of it, one thing that isn't seemingly known by a lot of people is how strict Amish people and Amish Mennonite people are on corporal punishment. And the role of that in teaching kids and teenagers then how to think um, and in spaces like these, these homes where these kids would get sent, um, that that's a massive part of changing their minds, you know, is, you yeah. know, and, yeah, even kids who go into Rumspringa don't have that awareness of, hey, this is really wrong, you know, Yeah. Yeah.
0: So there's a lack of ability to critically think. And as Stefan says, it's called Spare the Rod, Spoil the Child. Yeah. I actually did a whole entire rant about that on a different recording on a live stream where we call it Spare the Rod. Spare the Rod. Because, oh boy, this is a completely off topic. We should probably get back to our topic of room Yeah. <laughs> Um, But just so y'all know, there is an episode where we do talk about that spear of the rod um, theology. It's a very terrible theology, and it actually is very harmful to Amish and and Anabaptist children. Um, I think we need to consider that when you have that limited education, the counselors, the people that are providing the counseling, what qualifies them to be providing that counseling What do you think, anime? No, <laughs> what do you think of Liberty Ridge being sued
2: uh, i am I'm actually not really familiar with with it oh. so i'm I'm learning right now as um, what about- but I do. This doesn't really have anything to do with Liberty Ridge, but I agree with with um, what you're saying about counselors and uh, not having the proper um, education to be a counselor. I feel like that's super important because counseling has helped me tremendously. <laughs> and I, yeah,
0: yeah. What about you, Ruth?
2: I had an experience
3: at 16 with a beachy Amish um, counseling place. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that left me with a a massive fear of counseling. Um, But when you experience real counseling Mm -hmm. compared to that, (laughs) it's just like, oh, (laughs) The, the difference is it's hard to even explain how... Yeah, but unqualified counselors, particularly with an eighth-grade education, are just genuinely dangerous people. Mm
0: -hmm. Even if their heart's in the right place, it's so dangerous. I'm so sorry you went through that. And thank you guys so much for sharing. I think we (laughs) lost James. Mm -hmm. I don't even know. As a ninth-grade teacher, I can't imagine taking... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So that's another thing is like in regards to when you go with the young elite, it's like when you're going with the young folks and stuff, like if you don't fall in line with what they expect of you, what happens to you? Did y'all always fall in line? Oh, my God, you guys were good girls. <laughs>
3: weirdly yes it took me a long time to be like oh that was really stupid why oh but I was I was in it I tried to follow like as much as I could so I didn't get in trouble and my parents didn't get in trouble
0: yeah so hey Ruth did you live at that counseling place
3: I was only there for two weeks but while I was there I did stay there um there was discussion of it being longer, but I made it very clear that was not going to be happening.
0: Oh my goodness.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: What is it with them having people go away? Like when you get counseling, like, and this is completely off topic from the topic of Rumspringer, but it pertains because this happens to young adults who are going through their quote unquote Rumspringer going with the young folks. Uh, but why do they think that in order for you to receive counseling you must go stay at this facility where everything you do is completely monitored and you know they control everything you do right down to like what time you eat and how many times a day you pray and you know all of those things right um rather than truthfully the most effective form of counseling for most folks is going to be that they continue in their life because part of the things that they're experiencing is happening as they're navigating through their life. And so if you're going for counseling and you're sent away and everything about your life has changed, how is that counseling really helping you in any form, shape, or way? Thoughts? Suggestions? Ideas?
2: Yeah, oh. I, I, um, yeah, because I started therapy counseling when I, uh, after I left the Amish community, um, I found someone who was safe <laughs> and, um, mm-hmm. it was a man. Isn't that weird? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's pretty um, awesome.
2: Yeah, but that just didn't, I didn't even, um, but yeah, um, I, I think, because I would go into the session and, you know, we would get into it and talk about things and then I could go into my life and like put it to use. I don't know what other way to say, like I could put it to use and I could, then we go back next week and I talk about that. I th- I feel like it helped me grow just going out into the world, in the real world and putting, I don't know. Does that yeah. make sense? <laughs>
0: like being able to apply it to your life as yes. a moment as apply. it is yeah. Yeah. rather than, sitting there and doing all of this counseling and then being thrown back into the same stressful situation that you were navigating before and it's like this it's just insane yeah Mm -hmm. I agree with you anime that is much more helpful has been much more helpful for me as well Mm -hmm. Um, so us being contrary is a threat to the system well I'm still being contrary Stefan (laughs) you're welcome I appreciate (laughs) your support and your comments (laughs) And your input. Thank you. Oh. Oh. See, this is the kind of stuff that we are talking about. It is false imprisonment. These facilities falsely imprison children, minors, and sometimes even adults. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Mary Jane. Thank you for sharing that. I hope that you're safe today. Uh, oh, the Catholics put their girls in a contest <laughs> That's an interesting thought, Marlene. <laughs> it really does sound like that. Thank you. Sad but true story. Um, so we have about five minutes left. Would each of you like to make a parting statement to our listeners? Preferably on Rumspring, we're going to get back to our topic, <laughs> Rumspring. Even though the facilities apply, but to Rumspring. Don't everybody shout at once.
2: Ruth, you you go. Okay, I'll go first.
3: Um, as far as Springer, I just hope that from our conversation tonight, that folks can take away that um, these Amish kids who are, from what we can see from the outside, getting to experience life or just experiencing the only shred of freedom that they'll ever experience in their entire life unless they completely leave. Um, and, Yeah. It's, it's not what it looks like. It's not as fun as it sounds. <laughs> Even parties are just, you know, they're in a basement and you're always scared. And, you know, there's serious repercussions from one incident being found out. It's, yeah, yeah. Like the feeling of just being watched and followed and every single move, you don't ever really take a full breath. Um, so yeah, I hope we've changed some perspectives tonight. And if not, I thank everyone for being here with us and
2: listening and yeah. Thank you, Ruth. <laughs> yes, that was nice. Thank you for listening, everybody out there. Um, I think I, uh, I've, I've actually been asked that a lot. You know, a lot of people ask when they if they find out that I'm from the Amish oh, are you in Dromspringa? And I'm like, no, no. (laughs) You don't actually, I didn't actually go out into the world. And um, I actually just was with my other Amish friends. I mean, I had a horse and buggy. You can't go very far. (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. You can't go very far. And um, I think my parents, I think just the church, they just want you to go with your other Amish friends and not, be with the English, what we called the English people, they just wanted you to be with your other Amish friends as, right. to keep you in line maybe, <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, I, what you said earlier, I think some, some, going even to parties was dangerous, just uh, in more ways than one, because <laughs> yes. you know, you're 16 and you're drinking and that's, that's oh, just another yeah. disaster, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, thank you all for listening and commenting. And um, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Mary, for having us. And Yes, thank you. Bringing awareness and uh, just uh, working so hard. I know you work. You just work so hard at bringing awareness and truth. And thank you for bringing me along tonight.
0: <laughs> well, thank you guys for sharing. And thank you, James, for being here for some mm-hmm. of the time. I know we lost James, <laughs> but no, thank yeah. you guys for sharing and openly talking about Rumspringa and Rumspringa in different communities. I hope everybody who is listening kind of understands that Rumspringa isn't even a word in some Amish communities. Mm-hmm. Rather, it's going with the young folks. Yes. And I hope each of you understands that when you have the perception that the English are all sinful and they're, you know, um, sex drugs rock and roll right like that's (laughs) just experiencing those things is not actually um living English like culture shock like that was a big surprise for me that that wasn't the entirety of the English world but hey we all survived (laughs) that right (laughs) and again thank you Ruth for sharing thank you Anna Mae thank you James like I really appreciate each and every one of you listening to this and I hope it helps you understand what Rumspringer really is this concludes today's episode of the disobedient women i sure hope all of you held on to your hats and bonnets in your buggy seats and drank lots of water and i certainly hope that we will see you again i hope you all have a beautiful and wonderful day it's time for that brandy old-fashioned